was driving home from work one night, taking my usual route home. I got out at midnight, so it was probably 12.15ish at this point. My town is pretty quiet and boring. A lot of woods everywhere, and not a lot of people or houses. I was on this road not far from my house with a cornfield on one side and a patch of woods on the other. It was midsummer and like 75 degrees, so I had my convertible top down. I was cruising down the street going like 50 when I heard a loud, blood-curdling woman's scream come from one side of the road, but I couldn't tell which one. I brought the car to a quick halt by slamming on the brakes and listening. There was a woman's cry from the left side, in the woods. She was crying for help. I got out of my car and grabbed the baton from my back seat. I walked towards the woods and called back who was out there, and the woman immediately called back, please help me. I began to run into the woods, swiping all the twigs and bushes out of my way. I yelled out to the woman to keep screaming so I could find her. She'd every 10 seconds or so scream help, and I'd approach in that direction, running, screaming back. But pretty soon, I started to realize no matter how far into the woods I went, the woman's yells didn't seem to get any closer or louder. If anything, they were always the same distance, even though I was booking it straight in the direction of the screams. I screamed out, tell me where you are, and about five seconds later, the woman once again screamed out, help. I stopped in my tracks now. I didn't like this. I started to feel like I was walking into some kind of trap. I turned around and started running back in the direction I came. I ran and ran until I could see the flashing headlights of my car on the side of the road beyond the trees. The whole way back, I still heard the woman's screams, but they were still the same distance no matter how much closer to my car I got, as if she were following me back. Was I being stalked? I got in my car and just drove out of there, completely freaked out. I called 911 to report it to the authorities in case they'd want to investigate it. I wasn't sticking around there though, I was tired. After telling a few friends and family about the strange encounter, I was ready to move on with my life. But a week later, I saw something on the news that made me sick to my stomach. The dead body of a 30-something-year-old woman was found in the woods by a man hiking with his dog. Oddly, there were no signs of foul play. The location that the body was reported to have been found was the same general area where I heard the screams. While that patch of woods is very big, I can't help but feel that would be a huge coincidence. I was driving from Brooklyn to Vermont to my friend John's cabin to have a weekend of snowboarding. I had two cars at the time of this story, a 2013 BMW 3 Series and a 2006 Ford F-150, which I was driving on this particular night. I had my snowboarding gear in the bed of the truck. I was about 45 minutes from my buddy's cabin at this point. It was late, like 10 p.m. It was pitch black on these roads and it was snowing. There were like no other cars on the road up there besides me at that hour. I had just gotten my truck back from the mechanic a few weeks ago. I frequently had problems with that truck, and that night was no exception. At perhaps the worst possible time, on the quietest, darkest road, suddenly my engine starts to completely overheat into the red zone. I slow down and pull onto the side, and I wait for it to cool down again. Then I slowly got back on the road. But even at a slow speed, the needle went back up to the red, and the engine was overheating again. I had to pull over and turn off the truck. I went under the hood to try and diagnose the problem, but I couldn't in the dark and the snow. I had to call John. On this road, the reception for T-Mobile was non-existent. I couldn't even call for help. 
In the moment, I felt screwed. I went into the truck to turn it on again and at least wait in the heat of the truck as it idled. It didn't seem to overheat while idling. I tried one more time to drive, but the same thing happened again. So I had to wait like 10 minutes before I saw a car passing. I had my hazards on and I opened the door and waved my arms. The passing car stopped. It was some little Toyota. The guy rolled his window down and I thanked him for stopping and asked if I could use his phone. He asked what happened. I told him my truck was overheating and was undrivable. He then asked me if I'm all alone. I paused for a second and said, yeah. He reached for his cell phone and handed it to me. He must have been a local because he had bars. I called my friend John, he picked up, and I asked him what I should do. He told me to call this specific towing company nearby and that he'd come and pick me up. I gave him my exact location and he said he was going to head over. After that, I called the towing company he gave me and requested assistance. During both phone calls, the guy in his car watched me the whole time. I tried to not look back though. After my phone calls, I handed the man back his phone and thanked him. He said you're welcome, and without saying anything else, he rolled up his window and drove down the snowy road into the darkness ahead. I watched as his taillights disappeared completely as he descended below the top of the hilly road above. I was once again alone. I got back into my idling truck to be in the warmth. I flicked the headlights off for a second just to get an idea of how dark it was out. And when I say I couldn't see an inch outside the windows, I'm not exaggerating. It was pure blackness. I sat in the truck waiting and waiting. I couldn't even do anything that needed an internet connection. I resorted to playing games on my phone for 20 minutes. Until there was a bang at my passenger side window. I jumped out of my skin as I looked to the window. I couldn't see much of the person, it was too dark outside, and the headlights didn't really light up the sides of the truck. I heard a man's voice start begging for help. He was yelling at me to open the door, he was freezing. I heard him trying to open the door himself, but it was locked. I shied my flashlight to the window, but it barely helped in seeing who was out there. All I saw was someone in a really big black coat with the hood over his head. I yelled back what's wrong and the mysterious man outside replied saying he's lost and stranded and needs to get out of the cold. I didn't trust this. I sat there nervously trying to figure out what to ask him to prove he's not someone looking to harm me. I didn't even figure out what to say before he started aggressively trying to still open the locked door and then started pounding on the glass even harder, still screaming for help. In the heat of the moment, I decided to listen to my gut. I put the truck in drive, and he realized this and started pounding harder on the window to break it. I drove the truck onto the road and brought it up to 30 miles per hour despite the damage I was surely doing to the overheating engine. But then I saw something that I didn't expect that made me feel like my heart skipped a beat. As I came over the hill on the road, I noticed the reflection of taillights approaching me on the side of the road. As I passed the parked car, I realized it was that same Toyota from earlier the one that the man was driving. I slowed down and lowered the window to see if the man was in the car, but I didn't see anything. It seemed like the car was empty. I looked out the window for a second behind the car, and my taillights lit up footprints in the snow, meaning that man who was banging on my window was him, and he was trying to trick me into opening the door to do who knows what. I kept driving my truck, knowing full well I was fucking up the engine, but I didn't care at that point. I pulled over a few minutes later when I saw headlights approaching on the other side, and I wanted to cheer in excitement when I realized it was the tow truck. I flashed my lights and he pulled to the side. As the driver came out, I told him about what just happened. He joked that he got there at the right time, 
Then he asked if the guy had a gun or anything on him, but I told him I couldn't see. He replied, well then we better do this quick. It took him about 15 minutes to get the truck attached, and in that time, the Toyota never passed us. It was possible he turned around and went the other way for this exact reason. I used the tow truck driver's phone to call John again and tell him to just meet us at the body shop. To summarize the rest, John and I still went snowboarding that weekend, and the body shop replaced the broken water pump in my truck causing the overheating. I sold that truck a few weeks later. I'm glad I didn't lower my window or unlock the doors to that man trying to get into my car. In that setting, I could have been murdered and no one would have ever known who had done it. I had my first girlfriend at 17. I lived with my mom at the time because my parents got a divorce when I was 11. One day, I asked my girlfriend on a date, and she was down. We both had jobs. I worked at a local grocery store, and she worked at a Starbucks. We both worked the day shifts, and we were also in our senior year of high school. The reason why I asked her on a date that day was because it was a Friday, and we barely had any homework. After work, I picked up my girlfriend from her house, and we went to a small restaurant 10 minutes away from my house, because that's all I could afford at the time. We ate, then we went back to her house to spend some time together. By then, it was dark. She complained how our date night was short, and I told her I can't take her anywhere else that had to be paid for. We came to an agreement that we would go on a night drive. We drove in town, then we drove on some empty road in the woods. Eventually, the pavement ended and we were on a dirt road. I had to pee really bad. I told my girlfriend, and she had to pee as well. We pulled over and got out of my car. For some reason, right when we got out of the car, we smelt an awful, indescribable smell. I excused it as another person who also pulled over to do their business. My girlfriend actually gagged from the smell. I told her that we would pee real quick, then go back in the car to get back into town. There was a little flat area that was the best place to piss at. We did our thing, and then we were on our way back to my car. But on our way back, we heard a noise come from the left side of us. It sounded like a twig snapping. I was afraid it was an animal, so we rushed back to my car. Before I had time to open my car door, I heard a scream of fear or pain in the direction my girlfriend and I just pissed at. I told my girlfriend to get in my car while I go investigate. She begged me not to, but I did it anyway. To make her feel safer, I locked the doors. I went the direction to where we were, and I heard that scream again. For some reason, I lost all of my courage to investigate now that I heard it much closer. But when I heard it, it sounded like from the same direction that my girlfriend and I heard the twig snapping. Instead of going that way, I went on my phone, turned the flash on, then took a picture. Once the flash went off, I saw a man in a white shirt with black stripes, with some blue tarp right in front of him. He was just standing there. I didn't hesitate to dash to the car. I unlocked the doors, got in my car, put it in drive, and floored it. My girlfriend kept asking me what happened. She saw I was scared. I told her I would explain later. We got back at the shadier side of town, then drove back to my girlfriend's house. We entered the house and went into her room. That's when I told her I saw the man with a blue tarp in front of him just standing there. I showed her the picture, and she was just as creeped out as I was. She let me spend the night because we were creeped out, and it was a Friday and we also had no work or school the next day. That was by far the scariest moment of my life. We aren't in a relationship anymore. I'm 23, she's 22, but we remain as best friends.
It was late summer of 2011. I was almost 19 and was hanging out with my best friend who was a few years younger than me. We live in a very rural area of southwestern Virginia, about 15 minutes from Mount Airy, North Carolina. Around here, pretty much everything closes by 10 p.m., so you have to find your own ways to pass the time. But that was never a problem for us, as we could always find a way to have fun. The night started out harmless enough. First to the mall, then cruising the streets looking for girls, things any teen guys would be up to. When that proved to be unsuccessful, we just decided to go bowling until they closed. We then went to Main Street a little before midnight, just to walk some of the back alleys, acting like the edgy badasses we thought we were. But we never felt like we were in any danger, as there isn't much violent crime in the area. After we'd walked all the streets, we got bored with this and decided to grab a bite from Waffle House, as this was pretty much the only late night dining option at the time. After we ate and made a quick stop at Walmart, we still weren't ready to go home, so we set out driving around some of the backcountry roads. This was nothing new to us. As I said, around here you have to make your own fun, and late night drives were always our thing. The stretch of road we were now on, I had only driven maybe once before during the day, though it wasn't far from where either of us lived. We just had no reason of going down it. While still in Carolina, the road is paved, but within a mile, it enters back into Virginia and turns into dirt. Like most of the dirt roads around here, the county doesn't really give this one much attention since it's so far out of the way, and there are very few houses on it. Since the road often washes out in the heavy rains, you have to drive much slower, and being as unfamiliar with it as we were, we were now traveling at a crawl. While we were both more cautious now, it still just seemed as any other road we would drive. Now at this time of night, the roads are essentially empty around here, and with only a handful of houses on this road, we were certain we wouldn't run into any other traffic. The road is mainly all wooded and sits at the bottom of a small mountain. At night, it's easy to overlook any of the houses on it. We probably would have missed them all, if not for out of the corner of our eye, we noticed a light burning. We both looked and noticed a man standing under his porch light. We couldn't make out any features of the man, but we could tell he was watching us, standing completely motionless, with the exception of his head following us. While we were both now on edge, we tried not to think much of it. We figured it was just someone stepping out for a cigarette, but it's just his demeanor that was so uncomforting to us. While nothing came from that man watching us, this was only the beginning. We gradually picked up our speed as we were becoming a little more unnerved the more we talked about it. Within just a few minutes, though, we came to the end of the road, and we were back on the hardtop, a road that I was much more familiar with and that I drove about once a week. We turned right, and we were feeling much better as we could pick up our speed and leave the thoughts of that man behind us. We enjoyed the sights from this road as it travels atop a small mountain ridge, offering beautiful views of the town below. After a couple miles, we had reached the end of this road and made another right to make our way back to my house. This road is a little more wooded than the one we had just turned from, but I was even more familiar with this road, as I drove or ridden it literally thousands of times before. As we're making our way back toward the main highway, we saw something up ahead in the distant reaches of my headlights. Deer are horrendous around here, so we figured that's all it was and slowed down. We began to notice it was much wider than the brown fur of a deer, but we're both used to seeing the occasional albino, so still assume that's all it was. As we got closer, we noticed it was no animal at all. It was definitely a human, but hunched over with their back to us. They were walking in the left lane against traffic, as one is supposed to. 
I looked back at my friend as he asked, what the hell are they doing walking at this time of night? I looked back towards the person and could finally make out the shape of an older looking woman with long scraggly gray hair, wearing a white t-shirt and white pants. She still had her back turned to us until we were about 50 feet away from her. That's when she turned to us and we got the first look at her face. I don't want to say she was on meth or other drugs, but that's the look she gave off. Deep eye sockets with heavy dark bags under them, greasy hair, and very aged skin. I'm not sure how old she actually was, but if I had to guess, I'd say mid-40s to late-50s. But that wasn't the worst of it. She put her hands in the air and started waving them frantically and running towards us. When she did, we could see what looked like dried blood all over the front of her shirt and pants, as well as what looked like a big knife in one of her hands. We weren't sure what she wanted, but that desire to be edgy badasses was instantly erased. We floored it and didn't let off until we reached the highway. We were so terrified of the entire ordeal that what would have usually been a 5 minute quick drive to my house became a 35 minute detour just on the absurd thought that she could somehow follow us there. In small communities like this, you know pretty much everyone, but neither of us had ever seen this woman before. Nor did we ever again. We kept a watch on local news for any stories about a bloody woman being picked up, but never heard a thing. I can't even begin to come up with an explanation why she would be walking the backcountry roads at almost 4 in the morning in her shape and condition, with blood on her clothes and a knife in her hand, with all the risks of human or animal altercation she faced. Fast forward to present day. I now live with my wife on that peaceful road on the mountain ridge, between the two roads of the incident. I take the latter one on an almost daily basis and still have seen no sign of that strange woman since. But just earlier this year, there was a huge drug and cockfighting ring busted down the road of the watching man. I don't know if it was the same house or if these people were even living in the area back then, but after all this happened, I've often wondered if that was the same house and maybe that guy was keeping guard on the place. As for the woman, I just hope I never run into her again.